again. Today we are going to wrap up our series on peace, Lord willing. You'll see how I tagged that on the end there, you never know. But um, for me, it really is a learning process. Uh, and I have to admit that it's not a new thing to me. And yet it's something that um, I'm still working on, you know, each week. And as we study the word, it, it's, uh, you know, we're just putting another uh, piece in the piece of puzzle, the puzzle piece, if you get what I'm saying there. But, um, you know, just learning and growing. And you know what? That's the way it's supposed to be because I tell you, as you look at the scriptures and the principles that we've talked about over the last several weeks, one thing is for sure is that it's not a quick fix. I mean, the permanent peace, that's just not a quick fix. It's, it's a way of life that we learn. You know, and the Lord may give you peace in a certain situation, you know, and we get peace at some point, but to have the peace of God in our life every day, it really is a way of life. You know, in our culture today, we, we like things that are instant and quick, you know, and, you know, the Lord has all the power. He could just zap me with peace, right? Why don't he just do that? But it's a way of life as we learn to live the way that he wants us to, and we experience more and more of the peace of God. You know, if you read the New Testament and you, you read the, the letters that they wrote, so often in those letters, Paul and Peter and John and Jude, they opened their letters with a greeting of peace. In fact, this was kind of the hello of the day among these believers as they said peace when they saw one another. It was just so much a part of their life and, and the way that they thought and the way that they lived. It, you know, they're just speaking peace to each other. And, and all I'm trying to say to you with this is, is that we need to make this a way of life, that we think this way, that, that we're supposed to have peace. And peace is really, really important. I'm telling you, we need the peace of God in our life every day. It, you know, it is one of the amazing blessings of God that come to us as a spiritual person. And when I say a spiritual person, I, I want to define that just a little bit because uh, there are a lot of people in this world that claim to be spiritual. And, um, well, let me just say it this way. There's a lot of carnal people in this world that claim to be spiritual. And, and there are some who claim to be spiritual who are deceived about what is spiritual and the things of God. And I'm just saying to you that if we're a spiritual person, that means that we truly are serving the Lord, walking in obedience to Him, being led by the Holy Spirit. In fact, we read in Galatians 5.22 that peace is a part of the fruit of of the Spirit. It is a natural outflow of the life that is lived in tune with the Holy Spirit. So it is available to us, but it's not automatic. It's something that we learn, that we grow in, and as a spiritual person, it is available to us 
each and every day of our lives. I want to tell you plainly that the carnal Christian will never really have the peace of God. They may have a moment here, a moment there, but I'm just telling you, if we're going to really experience the peace of God every day in our life, we're going to have to be a spiritual person who's sincere in our faith and wholeheartedly following the Lord. We just, you know, we learn to look to Jesus as the source of our peace. We don't look anywhere else. Jesus says, my peace I give unto you. Don't let your heart be troubled. And the peace that Jesus gives, he says, it's not like the peace of the world because Jesus' peace is a peace that's on the inside and it is not dependent upon circumstance. We learn to pray about everything instead of being anxious. That's a peace that comes, that passes understanding. We learn to keep our minds on Him, to focus on the One who created it all, the Maker of heaven and earth. That's where our help comes from. We focus on the One that's bigger than any battle that we're going to face, and we find perfect peace as we trust in Him. See, I, I just want to tell you, though, we're learning we're growing. If you've got this peace thing down, will you just pray for the rest of us because most of us are struggling. I mean, for most of us, it's a battle. We want peace, and we're learning to live in peace, and we know it's for us, but there are times when we still get anxious and stressed. And I, I just want to get this in here now. I, I've heard some preachers try to water down the Bible. They do that about a lot of things, right? I mean, in this time we live in, people water down the Scripture about a lot of things. And this is one of those areas, I think it's kind of subtle, but they play it off as, as though that, well, you know, we're, we're always just going to be this way. I want you to know, I really believe the promises of God's Word. When it says something, I take it as it, we sang this morning, didn't we? Take you, take you at your word. Hello? I just take him at his word. If he says it, that's it. That's the way it's supposed to be. And so I see in the Word of God that there is peace that's available to us. And we should not accept stress and anxiety, worries and fear in our life. But we should keep learning and growing and desiring to get to that place where we truly overcome. Now, if we want greater peace than what we've been experiencing in our life, what that means is that we need to change something. Now, for most people, what they try to change is their circumstance. They think the key to peace is if I could just change my situation. You know, nobody wants to be stressed out, anxious, upset all the time. And so we try to change some things. Maybe what I need is a stress-free job. I need, I need a stress-free wife. I got that one. Maybe what I need is stress-free kids. <laughs> you see, we, we want to fix things, change things in our life. We think that, oh, if I could just change this, if I could change that, you know, then I'm, I'm, I could have some peace then. That's not the answer. 
No, if we want peace, we got to change something, but it's not the circumstance or the people around us, it's us. Because this peace is a peace on the inside. So how do we change us? I'm glad that the Bible tells us really clearly how we can change. Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed. This is radical change, not just a little shift. This is a radical change, transformed. Anybody ever seen Transformers? Never mind, I don't know where this stuff comes from. It's a radical change, all right? And how does this happen? He says, by the renewing of your mind. You change the way you think. you got to rewire your brain. And I, I just will tell you, see, when we do that, there's a radical transformation that comes in our life. And if we want the peace of God, we need that kind of change in our life. You know, we need to make up our mind we're not going to be like the world. A lot of times we use this verse of Scripture, we're talking about morality, we're talking about, you know, compromise and not living like the world, being like the world in that regard. But in this context, just think about this. Don't be conformed to the world. They're, they're full of stress and anxiety, can't ever get peace. And, you know, they're trying to medicate their mind a little bit so they can have a moment's peace. Don't be like the world. No, we need to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We need to renew our mind with the Word of God that this peace really is for us and that through the Word of God, we can have peace every day of our life and live a life of peace. Last week, I shared with you about how important it was that we set our minds on the right things, you know, that we focus on the Lord instead of focusing on our problems and all the bad things of this world because that would just always leave us anxious and worried. But it's hard to change the way you think. It really is. It's not easy when we have thought patterns maybe we've had for years and years, they become a stronghold in our minds. There's a stronghold of fear and anxiety and worry that has to be taken down. And so we're going to go back to this passage of Scripture again, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought captive into, in, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. These verses speak of a spiritual battle that takes place when the gospel is shared. It, it's speaking of, you know, when, people, when they're ministering, there are strongholds that have to be torn down, and, and you take those uh, thoughts that would keep people from receiving, and you bring them into obe the obedience of Christ. But it is also applicable to our own personal lives and our own personal minds that we tear down those old strongholds and thought patterns the way we, we think and instead we use the Word of God to tear it down so we can be free from that. 
to change the way we think. And when we change the way we think, what happens according to Romans 12 too, then we are radically transformed, changed. We're no longer like the world. So this is so important. But I want you to see this, that he says, we use the mighty weapons of God to tear down the strongholds. You see, the ways of man won't ever get it done. Our weapons are not carnal, he says. The, the ideas, the thoughts, man can't get it done. It takes the weapons of God. And what is our primary weapon? It is the Word of God, which is the sword of the Spirit. And it is through the Word of God that we can take our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ, that we can truly change the way that we think. The Word of God has such power in it to change us. Worry can build a strong tower of fear in your life. You know, just going, what is worry? It's where you just go over and over and over negative thoughts about your situation or even about the future, what could happen. We just go over it and over it. You know, the world says that you have to worry. In fact, I think some believers have this mindset that, well, you know, you have to worry. I mean, if you're not worried, uh, you either don't have any sense. I mean, you should be worried. Don't you know what's going on? What are you, a simpleton? You should be worried about what's going on. Or worse, you must not care. But Jesus tells us, do not worry. Why? Because our Father will take care of us. We don't have to worry. And worry doesn't accomplish anything except make you old fast. People even admit, like, I got these gray hairs from dealing with my kids, you know, worrying about where they are and what's going on with them. No, it just makes you old. It doesn't do anything. But that's the attitude of the world in a lot of people as well. You know, we got to worry about it. Really, what does that do? I want to tell you there's something much better than worrying, and that's trusting God. We don't need to worry when our Father is taking care of us. And the more that we know Him and the more that we know His Word, the more that we will have peace of mind, literally that our mind can be at peace. We're going to go to Psalm 119, verse 165. Psalm 119, verse 165. And we're going to come back to this verse a couple of times. Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. Great peace... It's big. It's big enough that you can roll over the stumbling blocks of life. That when offenses and problems come, you can roll over them without them getting the best of you, without them getting you all worked up and anxious. The King James says, nothing shall offend them. 
And by the way, the word nothing there in the Hebrew, it means nothing, okay? We just need to understand because I think, again, sometimes we start wanting to rationalize with the carnal mind and say, well, okay, most things. But when something really big comes, no. It says nothing shall offend them. Nothing is going to cause them to stumble. Nothing is going to get them all worked up and bent out of shape where they have lost their peace. That's a fantastic promise. Don't downgrade it. You see, there won't be... There's never going to be a time where where we can say, you know, there's not going to be any stumbling blocks. And this scripture does not say that. There's never a time where we can say, well, there's not going to be any problems or anything that could arise that's going to cause us trouble, opportunities to be offended. No, no. Those things are always going to come. Jesus said in this world, we're going to have trouble. But here's the thing. There's not one of them that we can't overcome and have peace. Great peace. Have those who love your law. Nothing. Nothing will make them stumble. So just... Talk about a few of those things for a minute. I mean, what does it take to mess you up? I mean, you know, you're going along being a good Christian and all of a sudden you've lost your peace, you're all riled up, you're all bent out of shape. What does it take? Sometimes it doesn't take very much for some of us. We picked up fast food one day and uh, they messed up the order. There was mayonnaise on my burger. You can't get that all off. It's ruined. (laughs) Peace. Sometimes you just look at the phone, see the caller ID, and you see who it is, and there went your peace. (laughs) Right? Mm -hmm. Anybody ever get stressed over dealing with uh, health insurance? Carmen and I, for the first five months of this year, we couldn't find a primary. You know, they got these all in our network. Look at this. There's dozens of them in our network. We called them and they'd say, no, we don't take that insurance. We went through five months of that, but I never got stressed about it. That's not true. (laughs) See, sometimes y'all just need to catch my sarcasm. If you don't know me well, um, it's there a lot. But anybody ever get stressed over remodel? You know, one time we, we uh, decided we wanted to make our fireplace bigger and nicer. And so, you know, it's going to be this two-week project. And so for the next several months, we had our den blocked off. We couldn't even use it. And it, Okay, stress, anxiety. I'm just telling you, we all deal with this stuff all the time. You know, I stress sometimes over... Somebody been a part of the church for a long time, real integral part of the church, and they just leave. They just disappear one day without saying a word. Things that stress pastors, I guess, but maybe some of you can relate to this. A few years ago, I went through this period of time where I had a headache every day for six weeks, and I finally got in to see the doctor, and uh, 
this doctor was concerned. He said, well, you, you might have an aneurysm, so once you get an MRI and an MRA, and you know, it's going to cost, it ended up, it's going to be costing all these thousands of dollars. If I didn't have a headache already, I would have after that. But, you know, it just added to my stress. And, and uh, you know, I, I, but I, as I prayed about it, you know, I, I listened to a message on healing, and it helped me get my mind straight. It helped me get my thinking straight, back trusting God. And, and then a day or two later, I went to another doctor, and he, he checked me out, looked me over, and he, he looked at me and said, you don't have an aneurysm, at least that's not what's causing this. He said, you got a neck problem. And he was right. And, you know, and I'm going to tell you, the Lord can take care of either. Uh, and, and, you know, praise the Lord. I just, but I'm just telling you that so often we, we can get so anxious. We're dealing with some of this stuff, and it's real. It, it, it's not just some little thing all the time like mayonnaise on your hamburger. No, sometimes it's something big. It's something that's life-changing or life-threatening even. And, even and, but I just want you to know when we go through those times, there is a great peace that can put us over Here's the point I'm trying to make to you. You see, there's nothing like God's Word to straighten out our thinking, to get us thinking the right way, get, a, get our minds back on the Lord where we are trusting Him. Nothing like God's Word to tear down that stronghold, to get our thinking right, back trusting Him. Every day, we should be walking in the peace of God and roll right over the stress, the anxiety that burden unbelievers. We're not supposed to be like that. And the world needs to see that we've got something that they want. Real peace. It's available to us, but I'm going to say it again. It's not automatic we can and we should run to the Scripture when something happens and we weren't prepared for it. I mean, find a Scripture dealing with the area that you're struggling and get that down in your heart. Fill your mind with that Scripture. Meditate on it because the Word is like a medicine that can bring peace to your soul but it is also like a vaccination to keep us from being offended and upset and been out of shape and fearful and anxious and worried. See, because we can have great peace no matter what comes. It's available to us, but we have to love the Word of God. This is one of those promises, and I want to say this, most of the promises of God have a condition. And people just skip over the condition. So we're not going to do that this morning. We want this great peace. What is the condition? Love the Word of God. Love the Word of God. You know, well, let's just read it again. Psalm 119, 165, Great peace have those who love your law, and nothing causes them to stumble. In our modern time, the way that we throw the word love around, we need to talk about that for just a minute because you know, people make it, it's, it's all about feelings. But that's not scriptural. 
And that's not at all the way that the Bible talks about the word love. It's not in the feeling, it's in the doing. It's an action thing. 1 John 3.18, let us not love in word or tongue, but in deed and in truth. Now he's talking about loving people there, but you need to understand that when we're talking about loving the word of God, it is not about how you feel about it, and it's not even what you say, you know, just, oh yeah, I love the word of God. It's what you do. Does it show in your life that you love the word of God? I'm talking about great peace. If you really want it, you got to love the Word of God. You see, when we love the Word of God, when we choose to love His Word, then we decide that we're going to make the Word of God a priority in our life, that we will make room for the Word in our schedule. In that same chapter, the psalmist says in verse 97, Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day long. And I know some people now that we have trouble, we struggle with this word meditation. That sounds all weird. Just like you can worry where you're going over negative thoughts and over them and over them and they just play like on replay, repeat in your mind sometimes. You see, instead, we take the Word of God and we meditate it. We just go over it and over it. We got it on replay in our mind. That's meditating the Word of God. He says, oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all day. You see, it's supposed to be a lifestyle. Don't wait until you're in the middle of a storm. You know, you end up like the disciples. Lord, don't you care? Don't you care what's going on with me? But instead, you see, when we have filled our mind with the Word of God and we are prepared for that storm, when it comes, we're still at peace. We're trusting our Father. Jesus won't say, oh, you of little faith. No, because we're, we're, we got peace and we're trusting Him. He, we know He's going to take care of us. We know that He cares. We don't have to say, Lord, don't you care? We know He cares. See, It's the Word of God that gives us the promises that we stand on, standing on the promises. It's the Word of God that tells us who our God is, what He's like, what He does in our lives. See, when we spend time in God's Word, it just prepares us for life so that when offenses come, it doesn't mess us up. We got great peace. We keep going. Usually we get shaken because either we don't know the promises that speak to that situation, or or we at least we don't know them well enough to really stand on them and trust God. But the more time that you spend in the Word, I'm going to tell you the more peace that you're going to have. If you really love the Word, great peace have those who love His law. You know, sometimes I get concerned about the church. Concerned is the spiritual word for worry. That's what Christians, you know, spirit-filled people, we don't worry, we're, we're concerned. But then I remember, it's his church, it's not mine. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. I don't have to worry about this. It's his church. 
It's not mine. I just got a part in it. I just do what he says for me to do. All the rest, that's up to the Lord. And he's the one that's building it. He's going to make it happen. You know, we got big decisions to make. That is one of the most stressful things sometimes. I'm saying in the natural, we, we can be so anxious about having to make a decision. And, and, you know, as a pastor, making a decision about the church. But also as a father, you know, making a decision about your family. You know, when you got to make a decision about your job or about a move. There's all kinds of big decisions and it, it can be really stressful, but... The Scripture has so many promises for us about that. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He shall direct your paths. You don't know what to do? If any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men liberally and doesn't hold back. You see, there's so many promises that help us to have peace through that. We need to be ready for those things. See, when you are attacked, falsely accused, you don't have to take offense. Psalm 91, 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I, I trust. See, when you're ridiculed for your faith, somebody wants to give you a hard time because you, you're a Christian, you're blessed. Jesus says, blessed are you when they revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. You're rejoicing and being exceeding glad? I want you to know you got some peace. I'm going to give you a lot of scripture today. Did y'all figure that out already? So... You can. I hope that some of you jot down some of these verses, especially the ones you're like, man, I needed that. And sometimes we face, it seems like, a lot of bad things that just happen at once. Psalm 34, 19, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. A lot of stuff going on right now. The Lord delivers them out of them all. No way I can get everything done I need to do. Lord, I need help. Psalm 121, verse 2. My help... I think we sang this one too, didn't we? My help comes from the Lord. He's my help who made heaven and earth. You know, here's a heavy burden that people bear sometimes when you know that you have sinned. In Psalm 103, He forgives... My iniquities, all my iniquities. And sickness can sure wreck your peace. But he goes on in that same verse. He says, he heals all my diseases. All my diseases. See, whatever worry or stress, I want to tell you there is a word that can keep you in great peace. Now, one more time. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have those who love your law. Why does he love the law of God? By the way, I encourage you to read Psalm 119. It'll take you a little while, but it has so much to say about the Word of God. Here's one reason, Psalm 119, 140. Your word is very pure, therefore your servant loves it. I want you to know the word of God is the one thing that you can always count on. Forever it is settled in heaven, that's verse 89. But I'm just, it, it's the one thing that is always true. In this crazy world where everything else can be shaken, the word of God cannot. It is pure. 
Oh, how we can trust in the Word. I love the Word of God because it's pure. I love the Word of God because it shows us the right way. It keeps us from destruction. Verse 105, your Word is a lamp unto my feet, a light unto my path. How fantastic. You see, as we go through life, not just a big decision, but as we're going through life, literally every day, the principles of Scripture are showing us what we should do and what we should avoid. Listen, you, it, it, everything you do, everything you do, doing business, relationships with other people, how do you stay on the path to life? I'm talking about God's path to blessing. The Word of God is a lamp unto your feet and a light unto your path. I love the Word of God because it shows me what to do. I don't have to just live life by trial and error. But instead, we can live by the principles of God's Word. The psalmist, he just has such a different attitude about the Lord's commands than what we see today. Psalm 119 verse 47, he says, I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. I don't think I have ever heard a Christian utter those words. I will delight myself in your commandments, which I love. He loves the commands. Oh, come on, we all love the promises. Let's get us a promise book. And I don't see any command books out there, do you? No! In fact, it's all the rage today to say none of those apply to us. As long as we love God, love our neighbor, we can break all the Ten Commandments. It doesn't matter. Listen, if you truly love God and love your neighbor, you fulfill all the Ten Commandments and all the law and the prophets. Because on those two, everything else hangs. That's what the Scripture says. But there's this negative attitude about commands. And we see here the psalmist, he says, I love your commands. I delight in your commands. I love your word. Listen, I guess this guy, he just liked having somebody tell him what to do. No, that's not it. He loves God's commands because he knows that it leads to life. It leads to blessings. He knows that those commands are for His good. Church, we need to know this. His commands are for our good. Well, God won't let us have... You know, I had to give up so much. I, you know, can't have any fun because I'm, you know, trying to be a good Christian. His commands are protecting you. They're taking you to blessing. And one of those blessings is peace. He wants us to live this blessed life where we enjoy the peace of God. The psalmist, he wants to live a life that pleases the Lord. In verse 9 through 11, he says, How can a young man cleanse his way by taking heed according to your word? With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. 
Your word I, I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, our love for God and our love for His word is never just a feeling. It's never just something that we think about or something that we say. But it is always something that we do, something that we live out in our life. Jesus says this in John 14, that the one who loves Him keeps His commands. People say they love Jesus and don't keep His commands. They are deceived. When we obey the Lord, it brings such blessing on our life. Peace. Psalm 48, 18. Oh, that you had heeded my commandments, then your peace would have been like a river and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Peace like a river. See, nothing will destroy your peace faster than disobedience to the Word of God. But when you got peace like a river, it just keeps flowing. It just keeps refreshing. How would you like to have a fresh supply of peace every day? I wish you to know that that's available to us. The Lord says if we would keep His commands, there's a peace like a river. You see, the man that cheats on his taxes, he has no peace. The person who lies, usually they end up telling another lie and another lie trying to cover their lies. They can't ever have peace. Always in the back of their mind that they might be found out. The adulterer can't have any peace. The greedy man never has any peace. He's got to have a little more, a little more. There's no peace. It doesn't matter what the sin. When, when we are disobeying God, it robs us of our peace. Just a few verses later in Isaiah 48, verse 22, he says, There is no peace, says the Lord, unto the wicked. Listen, they might get a moment's peace on the outside, but I want to tell you that their soul is tormented. There is no soul as tormented as the soul that won't turn from their sin. When God tells you to do something and, you're not and you don't do it, you're just not going to have any peace until you do. Just ask old Jonah. You ever wonder what it must have been like to be in the gut of a fish for three dark days and nights? He didn't have any peace until he got right. And I just want you to know that if we're going to really have the peace of God in our life, we got to obey His commands. When we do what's right and we walk in integrity, it protects us from stress and anxiety. Now, I want to go to my favorite verse. Psalm 37, 37. Mark the blameless man. We could just stop right there. Yeah, that's the verse. If you're ever tempted to talk bad about your pastor, just speak that out loud. Mark the blameless man. No, really, here's what he's saying. He says, Mark the blameless man and observe the upright, for the future of that man is peace. He's saying that we should take note of the man who does what's right because the future of that man is peace. Do you want your future to be peace? If you want your future to be peace, then you got to do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. you got to obey the commands of God. That man, his future, 
is peace. We live in a generation where obedience is way, way underrated. I want to say this again, and we need to get this. Peace isn't found in outward circumstance. Peace isn't established by just rearranging things on the outside. Peace is found on the inside when we truly surrender to the Prince of Peace and allow Him to reign and to rule over us. See, a lot of people today, they, they love that song that goes, um, I surrender some. I surrender some. Well, they might have some peace. But I want to tell you, the great peace, the peace like a river, it just keeps coming every day. It comes when we obey the Lord, when we truly surrender to Him. The overwhelming anxiety of Christians in this generation is a direct result of a form of religion without full surrender to the Prince of Peace. Isaiah 9, 6, and 7, you know, we always read it at Christmas, but for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, the government will be on his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and his peace, there will be no end. I want you to know his government and his peace always go side by side. And in our heart and life, his rule and reign, his government in our life, and peace, they go hand in hand. We can't have the peace of God without letting Jesus truly be our Lord and obeying His Word and His commands. Peace like a river just flows and flows and flows. How's that come? You love the Word of God, not just in thought, or in word, but you love the Word of God in the way that you live your life. Oh, how I love your commands. When we do that, there's a peace that, wash, that will wash away the debris of stress and trouble and worry. Peace. You see, it really is wrapped up in obedience and doing right, fearing the Lord and pleasing God. That's a life of peace. It's amazing. You see, when we really live the way God wants us to, what God can and will do in our life. I like this proverb, 16 and 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies be at peace with him. Did you know God can so bless you with peace that even in your circumstance, He can make your enemies leave you alone. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. When a man's ways please the Lord. That's available to us. I want to tell you this great peace. It's available. It's not automatic. But it's available to us. And we just have to make up our minds. We love the Word of God. 
I want to encourage you this morning to let God do a work in your heart and you get on that path to peace. You, you learn something this morning. You take hold of this truth this morning and let it grow in your heart and life and find this life of peace. Stand with me. We're going to pray. I want our prayer partners to come.